You're listening to the Whole Vineyard Podcast. To find out more about the Whole Vineyard Church, go to wholevineyard.co.uk. Good evening. Huge welcome to you. Um, if this is your first time here, we're thrilled that you've taken the time out of your Sunday to join us. So excited. And uh, for those of you that don't know me, my name is Josh, and uh, I have the privilege of being on staff here at the church. And um, yeah, I'm excited about tonight. We, if you're new, we are in a sermon series looking at the gifts of the Holy Spirit. It's found in the book of 1 Corinthians and the life of Jesus. And um, we are, this is week three, so if you've missed the last couple, two weeks ago I did an intro to the gifts of the Holy Spirit. Last week, Senior Pastor John spoke on speaking in tongues, which was amazing. And um, God has interrupted our meetings and broke into our lives and bodies in powerful ways. And my expectation is that God is going to do the same thing tonight. And the presence of God, the Spirit of God is already here, and He's already moving and working. Um, But I believe that tonight, for some people, is going to be a night of encounter, life-changing moment. Um, Because I'm talking about words of knowledge. Um, Talking about the moments when God speaks to us. Um, and it disrupts our paradigm of life, and it breathes life into our heart and soul. Um, I'm excited. Are you excited? Are you ready? God is amongst us. So the gifts of the Spirit. If you're new here this evening, let me just set the scene a little bit. Um, Gifts of the Spirit, as found in 1 Corinthians, are the spiritual stuff the spiritual things that Jesus did that are designed to mark the lives of followers of Jesus. These are things that the Spirit of God wants to do, wants to grow, wants to birth in your life to bring the kingdom of God to those around you. And tonight I'm going to speak on what Paul describes as a message of knowledge or a word of knowledge. I'm going to be sharing lots of stories, reading the Bible, hopefully giving some practical advice, and then we are going to practice it at the end. Um, Now, a bit of my story and background, I grew up in church, and I grew up in a church which um, believed in the theory of the spiritual gifts and the Holy Spirit, the presence of God, Um, but we didn't really talk that much about it, let alone practice it. And growing up, I'd always, I mean, my parents loved the Bible, we'd read the Bible together as a family, family devotions, they were praying people, they... They are just intercessors, really prayed, and we prayed as a family a lot. And yet the idea that um, we can have an ongoing life-to-life encounter, walk with the Holy Spirit was something that we didn't really talk about. I always longed to hear God's voice for myself. And um, I'm not sure I experienced that uh, a whole lot um, growing up. Um, I discovered that in the church, there is a subtle fear of hearing God's voice. There is a reticence to engage in hearing God's voice. Um, The primary way that we hear God's voice is through the Bible. 
And if anything uh, that we hear contradicts the Bible, then it's obviously not from God. I do a session with our leadership year called uh, How to Hear from God, and it's something we practice. We're going to be talking about the leadership year in a few weeks' time, so I'd encourage you to explore that. It's uh, hopefully an amazing year. Uh, But we found out there are 30 different ways in the Bible that God speaks to people. So because we take the Bible seriously, we open up our ears to ways that God might want to speak to us outside the Bible. But there is a fear that uh, we can't hear God in any other way outside the Bible. Secondly, there's a fear that people have of mishearing God and getting it wrong. Anyone else experience that or just me? I don't want to try and hear from God because what if it isn't God and what if I get it wrong? Thirdly, there's a fear that we have of taking risks and looking silly. You have to die to that one if you want to move in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. A huge one for people is imposter syndrome. Does anyone experience imposter syndrome? You don't want to hear from God or you feel like you can't hear from God because you are not good enough for God to speak to you. Not like those amazing Christians who hear from God all the time and get words of knowledge all the time. And ultimately, that is down to a wrong view of God. And if you take nothing away from my talk tonight, I need you to get this, that God wants to speak to you. God wants to speak to you. It would be dysfunctional for a father not to speak to his kids. I believe that every single day, God wants to talk to you. Um, Let's read the passage, which is going to be our anchor text for this evening in 1 Corinthians 12. And we're going to start in verse 7. And this is what it says. Now to each one, the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good. To one there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. To another a message of knowledge by means of the same Spirit. To another faith by the same Spirit. To another gifts of healing by that one Spirit. To another miraculous powers. To another prophecy. To another distinguishing between spirits. To another speaking in different kinds of tongues. And to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. And he distributes them to each one just as he determines. Why don't we pray before I speak. Father, I thank you for the moments that we share. I thank you that you are present by your Holy Spirit. And we ask, Lord, tonight, would you increase your power and your presence amongst us? God, would you anoint my lips to speak your words? And Holy Spirit, would you move in power tonight in Jesus' name? Amen. Amen. Um, The key verse that we are focusing in on is... A kind of a throwaway line by Paul. It is found in the middle of a list. It says this essentially, um, there is given a message of knowledge by the Holy Spirit. That's pretty much all we have to go on in this talk. The other time that Paul speaks about words of knowledge is in 1 Corinthians 14 verse 6, which says this, now brothers, if I come to you speaking in tongues, how am I going to benefit you unless I bring some revelation or knowledge or prophecy or teaching. The same word is used in both times. This is the extent of Paul's unpacking of words of knowledge. No, it mentions it twice. There are no how-tos. There's no formula. There's no example of it in action. Paul just gives us a simple declaration that one of the things God desires to release among his people is a gift called words of knowledge. So what is Paul talking about? 
Well, the word for words of knowledge, the message of knowledge is the word gnosis, G-N-O-S-I-S. It basically means supernatural revelation. It means spiritual understanding, spiritual knowledge. The idea is that it is something that God reveals to you that you didn't know before and couldn't have known in any other way. From this word, we get the word Gnosticism. I don't know if you've heard that word. It's a long word. It's basically an ancient heresy that was started in the church, which is not a good thing, and that placed a greater emphasis on the supernatural personal revelation over God's word and the Bible. What Paul is speaking about is not that. That's bad. What Paul is describing um, when he speaks of words of knowledge is the supernatural giving of revelation, knowledge, insight to a Jesus follower which they could not have possibly known. So in order to see this in action, I want to have us look in the Gospels. If you've got a Bible, turn to John chapter 4, and we're going to read a slightly longer passage, but we're going to peer in on Jesus operating in the gifts of the Holy Spirit, particularly uh, giving a word of knowledge. John chapter 4. We've got words on the screen um, if you don't have a Bible. And what I'm going to do is I'm just going to unpack how it's used, what's the purpose of a word of knowledge, and then we're going to have some how-tos, then we're going to practice it with some stories thrown in as well. Does that sound okay? Thank you. (laughs) Verse 4. Now Jesus had to go through Samaria. So he came to a town in Samaria called Sychar near the plot of ground Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there, and Jesus, tired as he was from the journey, sat down by the well. It was about noon. When a Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, you're a Jew and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? For Jews do not associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have given him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where can you get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered, everyone who drinks this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I won't get thirsty and I don't have to keep coming back here to get water. Jesus said to him, go call your husband and come back. I have no husband, she replied. And Jesus said to her, this is the key verse, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is you have had five husbands and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have just said is quite True. Let's pause there for a moment. Jesus is having an encounter with a Samaritan woman. This is a scandalous encounter because, as the passage said, Jews and Samaritans were um, not really allowed to mix. Um, Samaritans were unclean. They were were put far away. They were uh, the enemy to all intents and purposes. And Jesus is encountering uh, encountering a female Samaritan. So this is um, absolutely crazy. Tells you something about God's heart in this moment. 
Um, but what I want to focus on, so much I could say, is this moment of supernatural revelation that Jesus gets. It is a brilliant demonstration of a word of knowledge, which is essentially the facts revealed to Jesus supernaturally. Jesus says, the fact is you've had five husbands, and the man you have is not your husband. And if you want to nerd out a bit on the Bible, um, in the Bible, the number seven is the number of perfection and Jesus in this woman's life is the seventh. I, was, I, I thought that was awesome. Um, anyway, just a little throwaway. John does those things all the way through his gospel. So Jesus said, you're right, you don't have a husband. You have had five husbands, and the man you have is not your husband. Jesus had this moment, this revelation from God. Now, you may be thinking, well, wait a minute, that's Jesus. It's God in human form. He knows everything Anyway, now I want to suggest um, that Jesus never actually operated out of his divinity. Everything Jesus did, he was empowered by the Spirit on mission. Luke chapter 4, the Spirit of God has come upon me to, to heal the sick and preach the good news. Jesus was teaching his disciples a new way to be human, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Why? So that we as followers of Jesus could follow him and live with him, become like him, and do the Jesus kind of stuff. Jesus was creating a model that we could follow. So Jesus has his encounter with this woman, and the Spirit of God reveals information to Jesus. Now, I want you to imagine what that moment, that word of knowledge did. How would the woman have been feeling in that moment? Here we discover the heart, the purpose behind a word of knowledge. Why does God give words of knowledge? Let's read on. Verse 19, Sir, the woman said, I can see that you're a prophet. I can see. Why does God want to give us words of knowledge? Well, words of knowledge help people see the God that sees them. Words of knowledge help people see the God that sees them. When you give someone a word of knowledge that's accurate, you're shining a spotlight on them from heaven. You're revealing that God is real. God speaks today, God loves them, and God knows everything about them. Words of knowledge are all about sharing God's heart. Giving a word of knowledge is a tangible demonstration of the presence of God and brings people healing. It leaves people feeling these things. I am seen, I am known, I am loved, and God speaks today. Words of knowledge open people's hearts to receiving what God has for them. Words of knowledge reveal who God is. A word of knowledge establishes an atmosphere of trust with people in order to share the gospel with them, to give a prophetic word or to bring healing to their life. I don't know if you've experienced this, but when you give someone a word of knowledge, the barriers of unbelief come down. They're like, how did you know that? And you go, God told me. And all of a sudden, they're open to God. They're open to encountering him and giving their life to him. Now, notice what happens next in the text. If we can have verse 22 up. 
Jesus begins to invite this lady to encounter the kingdom. He says this, You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for they are the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit, and worshipers must worship in the spirit and truth. The woman says, I know that the Messiah is coming. When he comes, he'll explain everything to us. Jesus declared, I the one speaking to you, am he. The door to this encounter is opened through a word of knowledge. Jesus meets this woman. She opens up her heart through supernatural revelation. He brings no shame or judgment. He blows her mind with care and the reality of the kingdom. And then Jesus begins sharing good news. Do you see how this works? The word of knowledge helped her see Jesus opened up her heart to hearing what he had to say. And finally, it became her testimony as she went and shared the gospel with her whole town. Verse 39, which I don't think I've got a slide for, says this, many of the Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony, which was what? He told me everything I ever did. A word of knowledge in that moment blew this lady's mind revealed to her that there is a man who knows everything about me and she goes back to her hometown and there's revival in that place. So good. So what does this look like for us? Well, a word of knowledge is a gift of the Holy Spirit. It's one of the things that the Holy Spirit wants to distribute to the church. We know that it is um, something that we could never have known, um, but Uh, God wants to speak to us. How does this play out in our reality? Well, the first thing we need to know and understand is that God wants to speak to you. Wherever you find yourself, God has placed you strategically and specifically in the workplaces, at university, at the school gates, wherever you find yourself. And um, if we want to move in this gift, our heart has to be to posture ourselves ready to hear God speak. The first thing we need to do if we want to practice words of knowledge is to ask God to speak to us. Say, Lord, like Samuel, your servant is listening. Would you speak? Now, many people have a view of God who is distant and dormant and angry and far away and doesn't really want to talk to his kids, but he is a good father that wants and desires to speak to us. He wants to speak to you. The second thing we must learn to do is we must, each of us, learn how to discern God's voice. Let me ask you the question, what does God speaking sound like? Well, for many different people, um, God sounds different to different people. Most of the time, in my experience, God's voice sounds a lot like a thought in my head. Something that just pops in, a word or an impression, an idea, a picture. Someone once described it as like a butterfly landing on your mind. You just, something pops in. Now, at that moment, you have a couple of choices. Number one, you can ignore that thought. Um, You could dismiss it as your own. Uh, And I actually think one of the main reasons we do not practice the gift of words of knowledge uh, more often uh, or hear God for ourselves more often is because most of the time we haven't learned to recognize God's voice speaking to us. 
Most of the time, we dismiss him speaking because it sounds a lot like our thoughts. Um, But most of the time, for me, God's voice speaks, sounds just like a thought, a whisper. And I have learned, and I'm still learning, that those whispers are worth paying attention to. Sometimes a word of knowledge can come as a physical experience. I've had this quite a bit. I feel a physical pain in my body. And then when that often means that God wants to bring healing to someone in an environment or a room um, in that area, it's a kind of a little bit of a clue from God. Um, Sometimes you may see something physically. Now, I've not experienced this. I know people who have. They see a word written, and it's God just highlighting something and revealing something. Sometimes you'll just have a picture in your mind. Uh, Sometimes you'll get a thought or a word. Uh, Sometimes you have a vision. But the more you practice this, the more you will learn what God's voice sounds like and how God speaks to you. Um, how do you practice giving a word of knowledge? Well, the key really is to take a risk. We're going to invite some people up later to do ministry, and they're going to ask God to speak and share some thoughts, words, impressions that they have. And those moments is really tempting to, um, be, to allow fear to overtake faith. And I want to suggest you will never grow in the gift of words of knowledge if you're never, ever saying something out loud. My, fourth, my third point of how we practice this is we need to die to the fear of failure. I won't tell you how many times I have tried to give people words of knowledge, and most of the time it ends terribly. If that makes you feel any better then um, I would actually suggest if you're not failing in giving words of knowledge, you're not doing it enough and you're not taking big enough risks. Does that make you feel better? I remember going up to someone in Sainsbury's and I felt like God give me someone's name. And um, I, I just looked at them and in my head pops a name. And I just think we should go after people's names because it's a game changer. If you can guess someone's name, like if God tells you someone's name, it's like phenomenal. Like they can't argue with that unless they have a name badge on and then it doesn't count. So I remember being in Sainsbury's and I was with John Clark, our senior pastor at the time. And um, I said, I've got to go. And I feel like God spoke to me. So I went in and I went up to this person and I was so terrified, honestly, so scared. And I said, I can't remember what the name was at the, mo- at the moment, but say it was like, a, a la- it was a lady and Julie, I should get the name Julie, Julie, Julie. And attached to that, I get um, a, a bit of a word of encouragement or, or something, God loves you, whatever. Um, so I'm like building up my courage and I don't know what to do, but I just decide to go for it. So I, I go, excuse me. She goes, yeah, stacking shelves. I say, um, are you Julie? And she goes, No. And then I go, sorry. (laughs) I love it. Um, I've learned that the more you fail, the more you discover what isn't God, and the more you're able to discover and discern what is God's voice. Um, And you wouldn't believe how many stories like that I've had, uh, just frequently, regularly. Um, I remember there was one guy who had a particular prophetic gift, and... um, 
someone came up to him who, who was trying to grow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit and words of knowledge. And he went up to this guy and he said, you know, my accuracy rate on prophetic words and words of knowledge is like 95%. And the guy said, oh, that's really bad. And the guy was like, why? And he said, well, clearly you're not taking enough risks. We need to get that down to 50%. I thought that was a really good perspective. So we mustn't fear failure. Here is how it works in an ordinary moment. Let me tell you a story of what happened um, in a student night about four or five years ago. Um, I am in a room and uh, a whole bunch of students, we're having a worship night and we're creating space for God to speak. And uh, I'm trying to listen. I'm trying to say, Holy Spirit, would you speak to me? And the only thing that comes into my mind is a potato. Okay? So I'm like, I don't understand what's going on here. I can't stop thinking about a potato, but um, it's in my head. And I'm a big believer that when I get something, I got to share it. Because it's not about perfection. It's about being a postman. Words of knowledge and growing in the gift, you've got to think like this. I'm just a delivery person, just trying to hear from heaven and deliver it to whoever I think it might be for. And that's why we never do it in like a thus saith the Lord way. It's kind of like, I feel like this may well be from God. And if it's not, I'm really sorry, I'm learning. There has to be a real humility that comes from this. So I'm there in this room, load of students, and I can only see in my head a potato. But I've learned over the years that um, I look stupid anyway most of the time, so it's not going to make me look any better or any worse. Um, so I say to the room, I know this sounds crazy, but I just see a picture in my head of a potato. <laughs> and over the other side of the room, a girl falls over. Seriously. Hits the deck. Boom. I'm like, can we just have some people to go and pray? And uh, I'm freaking out. But I kind of think nothing of it because, of course, the word potato is ridiculous. Anyway, she comes up to me afterwards and she's out for the count for a while. She comes up to me afterwards and she says, I need to tell you what happened. And I say, okay, tell me what's happened. And, I, and, and she tells me the story that um, she's experiencing high levels of depression and anxiety and beginning to lose her faith in God, thinking about walking away from God. And that night, she was in the student night, and she said to God, God, um, I will only give, I'm going to give you one more shot, and it is here tonight. If you're real, I want someone to say the word potato. <laughs> so then I'm like, that is weird. <laughs> what a coincidence. So good. And um, when we talk about giving words of knowledge, um, we need to be really relaxed about it. We need to pay attention to our thoughts. We need to, when, whenever we get something, I, my advice is just share it. Um, Paul specifically talks about the words of knowledge in the prophetic have to be for the edification of the church. So when I'm training people in this, I always tell people, if it's not encouraging, don't say it. When we give words of knowledge, we're not going to be calling out people's secret sin. We're not going to be doing any of that. This is about uh, releasing the heart of God to people. It's about delivering mail. Um, my fourth reflection is that uh, in order to grow in this, it is important Vital, I would say, to cultivate a relationship with the Holy Spirit that is walking by the Spirit, sensitively following His lead every single day. 
I believe that when we grow in our friendship with the Holy Spirit, everywhere we go, every person we encounter is an opportunity to bring the kingdom of God into their life and that moment. This is at a core level about living and operating out of the overflow of your identity as sons and daughters and hearing God's voice for yourself. I remember walking down the street um, a number of years back and um, just, I was just talking to God and I was just saying like, I want to hear your voice more. I want to grow in kind of my love for you, Lord. I want to be sensitive to your voice. Like I want all that. And I felt like God say, um, uh, you need to listen more. You need to listen more. So I'm walking along uh, and I felt like him say, I want you to cultivate the secret place. I want you to grow in hunger for me and I want to have a, um, a special, I, I want to just talk to you. I want to talk to you. And then I felt like God say really clearly in my head, stop. So I stopped and he said, look left. And I looked left and uh, graffitied on the wall next to me was the name Josh. And that's my name. I thought it was a cute story. Um, so it's about relationship. Don't talk to God just for the gifts. Talk to him for him and he will speak to you. Fifthly, offer humbly. And um, offering questions, really practical. When you're giving someone a, knowledge, a word of knowledge, ask them, does this make sense to you? I just get this picture in my head. Um, I get this name. Does the name Sandra mean anything to you? And... Um, then it is what it is. Um, does the name Sandra mean anything to anyone? <laughs> is anyone's mum called Sandra who's sick right now? Great. That's an example of uh, it not working out, but we fail forward. Um, physically take risks. Now, let me tell you a few stories um, of this happening. Um, I remember going to a, a conference um, which we were learn we were doing something called treasure hunting. I don't know if you've ever done treasure hunting before. It's just kind of a, a tool that you can use in order to grow in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. What happens, you get together to start with and everyone prays for words of knowledge, pictures, um, things of people that you're going to see. And the idea is that you listen to the Holy Spirit and you write down, uh, there's going to be someone outside a bus stop dressed like this, uh, and then you go find the people. And we were doing this, and then you go find them, and you can kind of give them the word of knowledge. It's really fun. It's terrifying, but it's great. And what happened uh, was we were sat in this group. We were chatting. We were praying. And we're about to go onto the street. And one lady said, um, I'm really sorry about this. And we said, what do you mean? She said, I've got the most ridiculous word, word in my head. Honestly, the most ridiculous. And we said, well, you know, how bad can it be? And she said, I just get the picture of Mr. Potato Head. Don't know why I've got a theme of potatoes. <laughs> but she goes, I just see Mr. P Mr. Potato Head. You know from Toy Story? Some of you won't have seen Toy Story. Mr. Potato Head, you know? And we're like, how bad can it be? Actually, that's pretty bad. Uh, and we were like, okay, Mr. Potato Head. We're in Newcastle, and we go out onto the streets of Newcastle. And I kid you not, after about five minutes, we see someone in a full Mr. Potato Head costume. <laughs> I kid you not. And I'm having a panic attack. I'm like, God's really real. 
It's like, he is really real, and it's absolutely insane. And we went up to her and we told her, we, we, we wrote it down. And uh, I think she was so, so overwhelmed by that. Um, I remember the first time I ever got a word of knowledge. Um, I was at a, a Christian festival, and uh, I might have shared this story before. And I was about 18 years old. And uh, I was so pumped up, such on like a high for God. I was so excited about what God wanted to do. Um, and uh, I felt like I was saying, I want you to buy, go buy a Bible. And I, uh, great, I didn't have any money in my wallet, so I don't know what to do. And uh, this is how I remember it, okay? So I'm just telling you how I remember it. I didn't have any money, money in my wallet. And then I closed my wallet, and I felt like I'd say, open up your wallet again. Opened it up, and there was money in there. Now, I might have missed it, but I... Jesus loves multiplication, so thank you, Lord. It was only three pounds, though, which is just the amount I needed to buy one of those mini Bibles. So I bought the Bible, took it home, thought nothing of it. And then um, a week later, I was going to a house party, and I used to love my house parties back in the day. And uh, I felt like God say, um, I want you to take your Bible. And I'm like, Why? Do you not know what kind of things I get up to at house parties? <laughs> I was a teenager. Relax. We're in church. Don't judge me. And I felt like, I think I've got to do this. And then I even felt like a name pop into my head, and the name was Thomas. So I'm like, okay, Thomas, what does that mean? So I get the Bible, I open it, and I write a note in the front of this Bible to Thomas and something about Jesus. We get there and uh, we have a great night. And we get to uh, about one o'clock in the morning and I'm sat next to this guy and he turns to me and he says, what have you, what have you been up to? So in those moments when you just come back from a church festival, it's very easy to say, oh, I've just been to the shops today. But I also thought like I've got to be step out here. So I said, well, I've actually been to a church festival, which was a bit of a risk considering this guy that I was sat next to was renowned for being um, the biggest atheist in the school. Biggest atheist, he's experienced some hardship and real tragedy growing up. Biggest atheist in the school. He sat next to me, and I'm a bit hesitant because I don't want it to jump into a massive debate. Um, and his name was TJ. Uh, and I didn't know him that well, but I knew, I knew him. Um, and uh, we're sat there chatting. We begin talking about faith, and he says to me, you know, the thing is, Josh, um, I don't believe in God. In fact, I hate God. But I, I, I think I could see myself one day coming to know him. And he said, but the problem is I've never had a Bible. And I wish I had a Bible. So then I, in my head, I remember TJ. His name's Thomas. And then I go, oh, no. <laughs> so then I said, I think I've got something for you. And I gave him the Bible, and he opened it to find a letter from me or God, however I did it, in the front of this Bible addressed to Thomas. And yeah, it was one of those moments that was pretty life-changing um, for me. It kind of changed the trajectory of my life. Um, I'm just wondering how much time I've got. I've got more stories, but I want us to practice this. Um, I'll give you one more, one more fun story. And, th and the point of this is like I'm not trying to uh, this is literally nothing about me. Like the, the God doesn't look for um, ability. He looks for availability. And if you're available to whatever God might want to do, you will grow in all these things. 
And uh, if you're willing to look silly and get things wrong, um, you will grow in all these things. So I believe God wants to speak to anyone. But a couple of years ago, the person that this was about um, is actually in the room tonight. Um, but I'm in a, another student gathering a couple of years back, and I get a picture in my head of someone's teddy bear, and I get a name. And um, I think, well, that's weird, but a picture of the teddy bear, someone's name, and I share it. And I said, does this make sense to anyone? And the person, someone raises their hand, and they come up to me, and they say, that's for me. I've had that teddy bear lost for a very long time, and my mum called me today saying that she's found it. Is that right? I think that was right. And um, I then call that out in a meeting, the neighbor of the teddy bear, which she'd had a conversation with her mum that very day. She'd lost it for years, and it had been found that day. And there was a prophetic word attached to it. And in every single one of those situations, it's like God just surprises people with something that they could never have known before, and um, releases his heart into a situation. Does that sound, does that make sense? Does that sound all right? Okay, so we're going to give this a go. Thank you for listening to the Whole Vineyard Podcast. We would love to connect with you and welcome you home to church. To find out more, go to wholevineyard.co.uk forward slash connect. And stay up to date with all that is going on in the life of our church. Go to hallvineyard.co.uk forward slash church news and sign up for our weekly mailing. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you soon.